This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Would the Cowboys deal with and bring upon themselves that no other NFL franchise encounters? 877-881-1053. Now, this was interesting because this is kind of based off the post game, what Jerry said, but then also what he said or didn't say this morning on with Sean and RJ, correct? Right. Yeah, in a way, he defended Mike McCarthy for sure, but he also he said he's under contract next year. You want to hear? Do you want to yeah. hear those cuts? Yes. Let, all right. Let's go to cut ten. Uh, can you clarify what you meant after the Washington game discussing Mike McCarthy's job status? Well, I was a little t- uh, surprised. I don't know how I could be any clearer. Uh, uh, Coach McCarthy's under contract for next year. And so that's not an issue. Uh, secondly, I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done and how he's coached. Now, apart from sitting down and going over the daily receipts and going over the detail of everything we do out there, I don't know how you can answer a question any different than that. I certainly haven't sat down here right in the middle of the playoffs and started talking to him about something like a contract or something like that. Why would you do that? This is where he needs to have. He, by the way, is the busiest cat in all of Texas. Now, you're talking about a one-armed paper hanger being busy. He is that. Yeah. And so the last thing that I want to do is spend any time talking with him about these kinds of things, on agreements, extension of agreements, especially when I've got one. So that's it. And I'm so... Uh, I've said I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done, and I really mean it. He has he has really made a, as big a difference from his head coaching vantage point as uh, anybody could from any vantage point in the NFL. He's the big difference this year. All right, so that's a very clear answer, it feels like, right? He's under contract. Right. He's done a great job. I really appreciate it. Now let's – Add this part real quick. Oh, no, they, he didn't leave let's, it be? Let's just, this is because Sean then did say. Okay, good follow Look, up. but the, I think it's that one line that kind of got a little taken this way, and this was Jerry's answer. Well, I'm so sorry <laughs> that media uh, might interpret <laughs> what I say differently. That's that's rare. I don't have that happen very often. <laughs> you already think I'm going to discuss this damn press conference? All right. So, Mike, that's the, the point of yeah. Jerry knows what he's doing when he leaves it open-ended like that. And he knows that he's leaving it for everybody else to interpret right. what that means. And he's like, but he doesn't care. 
like that. And that's that's where I think a lot of the frustration comes from. Is I personally think that's poor leadership. I, I, I Jerry's done an amazing job making billions of dollars. I get it. He's got a franchise. The NFL's as rich as it's ever been. But I think for your specific organization, if you don't make things clear, sometimes it's poor leadership going into the playoffs to have a question floating over your coach's head like that. And it seems unnecessary for him to have to deal with that. So right now, you legitimately think that question, I I do too, you think that question will permeate everywhere. It's like, why won't Jerry say McCarthy's the coach no matter what? Or, or something like that. That's why he leaves that door cracked. I believe... Jerry already knows he's his coach next year. He said he's under contract, all those things, but he will not say he's my coach next year. Now, somebody would say, well, that's because he wants to see this game play out. Well, look, if they lose 35 to zero and then he decides to fire Mike McCarthy and let's just say somebody asks John Machota, I'm just giving a name in the media at the press conference says, well, Jerry, you said on 105.3 The Fan on Tuesday, January 9th, that Mike McCarthy's 100% your coach next year. What changed? We got our ass kicked 35 to zero. Pretty easy answer yeah. at that point. Like, okay. And the media would be like, well, that makes sense. We didn't think you guys were going to lose, and we definitely didn't think you're going to lose by 35 points. So I feel like Jerry doesn't like stopping this noise, sure. even though he knows that Mike McCarthy's going to be his coach next year because. Whether it's right now we have the television on, whether it's ESPN and Pat McAfee, whether it's Skip Bayless, whether it's Stephen A. Smith, whether it's us, whether it's national radio shows, this becomes still a topic, which means not only do we have Green Bay and Dallas and Jordan Love and Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy's old team, now we still have the conversation of, hey, if the Cowboys lose, is McCarthy going to be fired because Jerry hasn't 100% said he's my coach next year no matter what is that a motivator to the players that hey we got to go play for our coach because didn't we hear this kind of feel thing last year too yeah so like it doesn't I don't know who he who he's trying to motivate no I don't think it's motivation I think it's it's the great thing about keeping a story alive that could be dead because let's face it as far as I know no other team is dealing, especially division winner, because I guess they made the point of Philadelphia is dealing with this with Nick Sirianni, the collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles at the end of the year. But the Cowboys, in a way, didn't collapse. They won their last two games. Whether you liked the way they won or didn't like the way they won, they won the last two games. They won the division. He's 36-15 and in his last three regular seasons, which is better than – than uh, Jason Garrett could have ever imagined being in three straight seasons. Like, it was just, hey, he's over 500. Keep him for another three years. Uh, So I just look at this, and I say, teams don't have to deal with this. And my opinion is being a former baseball player, and I played in New York, and I played on the other team, right, the sister team, the Mets, right? I did not play on the team that's covered the most in New York and always will be the Yankees. But I've played in a big media market, and I get how the media – can separate and fracture a team, even though you're trying for it not to happen. Uh, And I wasn't on a good team with the Mets, but I've seen how the media can create stories in a clubhouse slash a locker room for an NFL team. And this just isn't good. I think this is one of the reasons. Why has it been approximately 30 years since the Cowboys have played in an NFC championship game? I think these small things that can't really – 
you can't quantify it into a percentage because I think the people that cover the Dallas Cowboys that are really close to it would say, Mike, this is stupid. But I'd say, no, this these are these small things that add up to like a distraction that doesn't need to be a distraction. Right now, San Francisco, Baltimore, maybe Buffalo. Maybe you brought we brought up Sean McDermott, but I don't think that other teams have to deal with the distractions heading into the playoffs that the Cowboys have to deal with because they're covered the most. And then Jerry kind of lets lets the fire simmer over there. Like there's still a little bit of fire there. Didn't totally put out the fire, even though my opinion and only my opinion, Mike McCarthy's the head coach next year and deserves to be the head coach next year. He's done a great job as the Dallas Cowboys head coach yeah. and slash now offensive coordinator. I think he's done a good job no matter what happens for the most part on Sunday. He should be the head coach of the Cowboys in 2024. But I understand what Jerry's doing, but I don't think it helps right now. The L.A. Lakers are dealing with Darvin Ham should be fired through a lot of people are speculating through Christian Wood's agent because Christian Wood isn't getting what he wants in L.A. either because agents are coming out and talking. All of a sudden, no agents were talking about Darvin Ham until Christian Wood became an L.A. Laker. But like they have to deal with that, but on a much smaller scale because it's NBA and the NFL is way more popular. The Cowboys, as popular as the Lakers are, the Cowboys are way more popular than the LA Lakers and the New York Yankees if you want to go to another sport. So I just, I don't like heading into this playoff game, which I do think the Cowboys are going to win by double digits. I just don't like that the Cowboys are having to deal with this kind of simmering storyline about their head coach. Well, then do we get the definitive final answer here and we just say he's not dealing with it. He's going to be the head coach next year. Everything's fine. I, th- I think that, you can do is, that. Is that like they aren't dealing with it because everything's everything we, we've we have stamped it. There's no there's nothing floating out there anymore. Uh, but Jerry, hey, let's let's try and be more definitive about that in the future so that the Cowboys don't have to deal with that. Or do you like that the the Jerry No, no, I mean, look. plays these games. I understand why he plays these games. I also would have brought up like I hear what he's saying about McCarthy's under contract next year, but everybody knows the nature of sports contracts when it comes to coaches is you're frequently labeled a lame duck coach on a if one year deal. Yeah, if you only have one year left on your deal. So, I mean, I think that's relevant yeah. to bring up. But I'm with you. I believe Mike McCarthy will be the head coach of the, I'll tell you this. I think he will be the head coach of this team, even if they lose on Sunday. Here's here's how I would prefer. This is Kevin. Remember you how funny you thought it was that Mike McDaniel uh, was telling his entire team respectfully. Yes, respectfully. F you can f off. And that's that's what I would have liked maybe Jerry to have yes. said in that instance. And it, Jerry, you can say that to us on Friday. Now, I'm not going to ask you the same question, but. I would prefer you say that. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was discussing, and I know Aaron Rodgers brings his whole other set of uh, outside things uh, to it, but he said about the Jets, they need to flush everything that's not about winning that comes in through the doors, into that building, and they need to get rid of it all. And that's that's a reality. Yeah. And in this instance, whenever you're focused on playoffs, and, and, and you know he did, by the way, in Wisconsin, have a lot of a lot of walls built up around him. But here, when here, you're dealing with the playoffs, you need to tell everybody respectfully, "F off." I'll talk to you about that later. Does that work then? And this is what this whole conversation is about. What does that work then? If that's not what your owner thinks, because I bet in New, I bet in New that's York, that's what I'm saying, Jerry. I want Jerry to say never that. never going to happen. 
Like, I... I Respectfully. I, and I know he'll tell us about the size of the check, and, and I understand all of that, but I also know every time they're nationally televised and they show off the stadium, you make sure you get that plug in there. They're like, yeah, well, that art gallery has won several awards and stuff like that. So let's not pretend... And I'm not saying the only thing you have to care about is winning because it is still a business. But let's not pretend and say that's the only thing. Or else he would be like, either A, he's our coach next year. Have you seen what we've done the last three years? We're going to work on an extension the offseason. Or he would say, B, well, we'll see. If he loses, then maybe he will get fired. I don't understand because it's not like Mike McCarthy is going to be motivated by that. He's going to be motivated because he wants to win a Super Bowl. He's not going to go, I hope we win on Sunday because i got to keep my job. He's going to be like, I hope we win on Sunday because I'm two wins away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Dak can finally uh, stick it to everybody out there that said that he Agreed. And Jerry's so smart because this is the only sport where we talk about it 10 times more than they play it. And he knows that. There's only 17 games, and yet there's six days to talk about. If you just do the math, six times 17 is? 102. 102, and I'm taking out the bye week. There's 102 days to talk about the 17 games you play. That's that's the opposite in all the other sports. The Mavericks play tonight. The Stars played last night. They usually get a day or max two and days off. And in the playoffs, you usually play a day, get a day off. And in baseball, it's every single day. So you can discuss the game. But then you have to discuss tonight's game because they're playing tonight. Or you can discuss the Mavs tomorrow and what they did against Memphis. But we have to move on to the next game pretty soon. There's 102 days to talk about 17 games in the regular season. And really, you can add it. It's pretty much 110 days adding in the bye to talk about. And so Jerry knows that. Jerry knows that I need to create 110 days worth of storylines for the 17 games that we're playing. And he is tremendous at it unbelievable at it and it makes billions of dollars for his family but i just wish that the cowboys would be a little bit more i understand having to create some topics but i just wish they were a little bit more like you said Corey. f you guys (laughs) this is what we're doing this week is not yeah respectfully this week is not the week for that for those extra stories the headlines are already about you all the headlines are going to be about you anyway the in all the fox sports shows Fox Sports 1, what is it? I don't know. Whatever they... FS1. They're all going to talk about how Dak can't do it in the playoffs. All the ESPN shows are going to be talking about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys anyway, and is CeeDee Lamb a number one receiver this week? You don't need to add any more fuel to this thing when Mike McCarthy's done a, a really good job at keeping the guys focused on what their task is. I don't, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. It's Now I'm starting to see that a little more and how much I feel like it does. it doesn't do any good for this team. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, what do you like and dislike about this Cowboys team heading into the playoffs into that Green Bay game? Let's talk about it next. 877-881-1053. You want to jump, jump on the track? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Truckwreck.com text line. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Prescott's in the gun, back to throw, looking right, scrambles left, still got it, scrambles back right, throws it in the end zone, caught for a touchdown in the back of the end zone by C.D. Lamb. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. What do you like and dislike about this Cowboys team heading into the playoffs? So, I was reading an article on NFL.com where they kind of quick hit all of the playoff teams, like something they like, something they don't like. And I thought... This is a good piece. I read it too. Yeah. I thought we could definitely go more in depth. Where is it? On NFL.com. Okay. We can see a link. We could go more in depth on specifically the Cowboys. And from the 214, this is interesting. And I was also having an MVP conversation with this person. MVP. I love the fact that for the most part, we're heading into these playoffs with the majority of our day one starters. Obviously, I would feel better if we had digs. Yep. But what I don't like is our run game isn't very good heading into the playoffs, though. Fact. What I'll say about the flip side of that is, do you feel like the players you're without in the playoffs, you've had a while to deal with that, right? Whether you go back to Overshown, LVE, Diggs, like you've had a while to deal with the fact that they aren't here. Yes, and maybe you waited until the last game to implement something that can help. Right. And, and I'm serious about this because I was listening to Broadus yesterday talking about the way they were lining up Damon Clark behind Micah and kind of giving him a, a different way to – now whenever you're on the offensive line or whenever you're, you're the back, you're having to say, okay, I got to pick up where he is, but – he also, I got another guy in front of him. So I got to think about him first too. So it changes everything. So maybe this is a helpful thing that Dan Quinn either was holding on to or just figured out late in the season. Would was, you say it was probably the was second an addition one? to it? Uh, yeah, probably the, it's just, Hey, I just figured that, Hey, why don't we do this? And maybe it was a suggestion from somebody. I don't know. I'll let Broadus break that down. Cause he's really good at it. But the, I, I, I think there are some other ways to do it rather than just saying, well, the guy in the middle is not doing his job. Let's come up with some creative ways to to help stop this. Can I give you the most basic thing I like about this team that I bet a lot of people will be like, yeah, thanks a lot. Good insight. Is it's the C.D. Lamb-Dak connection. Like, I, I know we've talked about Dak's probably going to finish second for MVP. That would be my guess. And Him and Josh Allen will yeah. probably compete for second. And C.D. Lamb probably going to be like third offensive player of the year, something like that. But those, I, I think that that's the one that I'm – Pulling for sure, I do think CD in a way has the chance to upset. I know that the votes have to come in now. It doesn't matter what he does in the, the postseason, yeah. but I just think that CD Lamb really deserves more first place votes than he's gonna get probably. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does win Offensive Player of the Year. I'm hoping tomorrow we'll dive more into that because there's a lot of Cowboys players competing for those awards. I just love the connection of the two because there was a time where we all thought Dez was great. Dak obviously had an amazing start with his to his career. They could never get on the same page. But with Dak and CD, that thing is magic. He's like, 
hey, I know where you're going to be or you know where I'm going to throw the ball. And so the number one thing I like about this team is their connection. Uh, so we're doing likes right now. Can we sure, stick with likes? Sure. Because this is something that I have liked but haven't quite been able to put into words. Okay. And I think Jake Ferguson did a perfect job of putting this into words in his uh, conference call. He was asked if Mike McCarthy has truly established his swagger as the offensive coordinator. And have you seen the, his answer uh, no, on this? No, I didn't. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's one of those things where you kind of have an idea that what he's going to call. And sometimes there's a play that's a little bit further down the sheet, uh, the call sheet in that scenario, and he does end up calling it, and the whole huddle gets fired up. Okay, we know what Coach McCarthy's on today. It not only gets you fired up, but it could be a tone setter for the team. That's something that you, just drives and fires us up. So what he's saying is they already know kind of what the play caller wants to do in certain situations. Like they, they, they're already kind of in that mindset. That's what I, I think is great to hear. The whole offense, the whole huddle knows what coach already wants to do. They're all connected in that. And, and I'm not saying like, hey, they have cords that they're running because we don't have, we're cutting the cord, we're wireless now. But they're, they're all kind of in this mindset of we know what we want to accomplish on this third and four. Oh, coach just called the play that we all thought he was going to gonna call. Let's go out there and whoop their ass at it. They're in this mindset now. That's something I like is that Coach McCarthy has connected with his offense and has them basically just being extensions of him on the field where they they get it, they know what they want to accomplish, and they're doing it. Now, you want to score touchdowns, even with two minutes and change left when you're up by four <laughs> and you can possibly run the clock down to under a minute. <laughs> Let's go score still, a touchdown, they're boys. They're still going for there are other, Mike, touchdowns. there are other really good plays that, okay. that happen throughout the game, too. That's, you're I, not going to complete 100% of them. I really like Mike McCarthy. I'm going to be honest. I really do. But if they are playing the Green Bay Packers Sunday and it's about 6.30 and there's two minutes and change to go and the Cowboys are up by more than a field goal and he is throwing the ball around the field like we are losing or it's a tie game and Green Bay's down to one timeout or something, I'm like, how did he not learn this in his 20 years of head coaching to get the clock like under a minute to make it really difficult for them to go down and score a touchdown? I will tell you this like that is for things that we don't like oh, was, we're it. on like right now dang okay it. good because then i won't have anything you know what else i like dang then it. jake ferguson hates the packers he does like i just want to throw that out there the def the defense's relentless pressure we talked about this for the season 43.3 percent of the time they get a pressure on the quarterback think about that almost half of the time a quarterback drops back, he's going to get a pressure on. That's scary. Against the Cowboys. Yes, yeah. that is scary. And then finally you saw them get home a lot more against Washington than maybe you had the weeks before that. So I love this defense's relentless pressure. Micah's at 103 pressures this oh, year. That's amazing. Aiden Hutchinson's second at 101, which is still pretty good. But the but Micah leads the sure. list. And I think that point of looking at the triple team that he's, he's taking on is the clear point of what they're having to deal with whenever that's happening. Now, hopefully the rest of the defense can help out on run situations when Mike is drawing these triple teams, but like that's, that's how, that's how much his presence matters on that defensive side of the ball. And by the way, that number right there is another thing to look at when people think defensive player of the year is cut and dry to go to TJ Watt. Why it's probably not going to go that direction and why he might actually finish third as pressures is a big part. Wow, of that you as hate well. TJ Watt. Yeah. 
You know what? He didn't play here. You love from a Micah Parsons. from a sporting perspective. Yes, as personal, I have nothing you against love, TJ love, Watt. Love football love, playmaking defenders, and I hope this doesn't sound too similar. If we're talking about the things we like and dislike about this Cowboys team, if you want to jump in, truckwreck.com text line eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Also, want to hear from the Twitch and the YouTube playmaking defenders. Because it's not just all about pressure. Because if you think about playmaking defenders, don't you immediately think of Deron Bland as well, who set the NFL record for most pick sixes in an entire season, grabbed another interception in this last game. They have playmaking defenders across this defense. Over, I just saw the stat from at NFL uh, on Twitter. I don't know if you follow that account or not, but I uh, should. They said they had a, a graphic of Deron Bland, and I just didn't think of it this way. It's like whenever somebody says four weeks versus a month, you just don't think about sure. the time. Over half of his interceptions were touchdowns. Like that's when you think that's of it crazy. that way, it's just it changes the way you think of it, and it's like, oh well, he must have had two uh, interceptions this year. No, the dude had nine, nine. and over half of them, yeah. over half of them went for six points. Uh, yes, he's a playmaker on that side of the ball. There's, I mean, I think Stefan Gilmore. I know it's different, uh, but watching the way there, I mean, that one pass that looked like it was over his head that he that Sam Howell probably threw a little too short anyway. And he gets up there and he chases it down and knocks it away. Stefan Gilmore is still a playmaker too. Donovan Wilson's a playmaker. Like that dude comes up and makes tackles uh, in the in the in the run game as well. He's a he's he's very physical. And, and those guys you got to have on the field. And I would be really curious about this. And maybe this is part of our awards conversation tomorrow from the two one four. T.J. Watt is better than Micah Parsons. You go to thirty two general managers across the NFL. You could have one or the other. I think Micah wins because of health. I, yeah. I, I, think, I think they're both, I think Micah wins pretty emphatically. Take out the health thing. He's a star, Because you can't. I understand. That's why sure. I would vote for Micah. But if I take out the health when they're both healthy, I do think it's a tough decision. I think he, like my guess would be like, I don't know, 22 to 10. Okay. Something like that. And, and also age, right? He's. Sure. And I don't I, know. Although I do also Three agree to four years younger. that we should have still drafted him anyway. I'm not discounting that whatsoever. Nah. <laughs> hey, did you guys watch the Michigan game last night and go, hey, how Mozzie Smith beat out all of these guys yeah. to play all these downs and whoever Graham Cracker They're was, really good. 55. <laughs> Chris Jenkins. Wasn't it Graham who was making plays? Okay, I was thinking if it was 54. Maybe, there were other guys. There were other guys making plays up the middle for Michigan. And I thought to myself, man, Mozzie Smith beat all these guys out for playing time last year and was considered, I think, I'd have to ask Derek Holland or somebody, but I would think better than these guys. And I'm like, how is he doing so bad? And it goes back to Taco Charlton. Who, yeah. Like, we're not if we draft a Michigan guy, they really don't do well for us. Well, Jordan Lewis is Jordan Lewis solid, has been solid yes. for sure. Yeah. We just can't find our Rodney Hampton. As long right? as he's when, been healthy, yeah. Uh, or a oh. Mari uh Monty Toomer, right? When the Giants have drafted Michigan guys, it's worked out better. But, I, I've not paid attention to that line, but I appreciate you bringing it up, Mike. Last thing I wanted to throw out there, and somebody did shout out, is Jordan Lewis has been balling out that I really like about this team. They have top-notch special teams, like across the board. Whether it's forcing a block or some kind of turnover on special teams, your field goal unit, your punters, 
or I guess your punter. Is Sam Williams lined up as a gunner? Am I? Am I? This dude is always downfield before everybody else. They, they do a little bit of a. It's it, when you watch it again, they do a little bit of different things on their punt return. Okay. Coverage. So I'm I'm with you, but it's it's weird how they'll do different kind of formations. But that's maybe why they do block punts. Is that Fossil has all kinds of different scenarios where some guys are dropping back, some guys are rushing, and then he totally changes it up. So uh, the guys blocking for uh, you know their punt coverage are a little bit confused on who is. And he's so big and fast that like he gets to a place before you expect that he should be there. And then maybe that's why sometimes he makes the hold on. I didn't. Was I supposed to jump into him or what was I supposed to do here? Who was the one who blocked the punt this week? Hendershot. Hendershot. Good job. That was the per like. Because that's Greg also was like, see how he went for the foot and not, you know, like okay, I didn't know. I mean, I agree because you go back to a couple weeks ago where you got the penalty and the ball went in between the arms. Jump into him. I'm already here. What do I do? All right. On the flip side, what are things that you do not like? about this. Game. I guess I accidentally just said I do not like Mike McCarthy Cosine. with like five minutes or less to go figuring out how the clock works. Mike McCarthy's time management. I I am with you on that. I could see like in the first two rounds, I could see a very agitating loss because you go back and reflect whether it's the end of the first half and it because it's not just the end of the game that, that will matter from the time management perspective. Or at the end of the game, and you're like, what the hell were we doing? Uh-huh. How can you look at a clock that says 32 seconds left in the play clock, and there's 234 left on the game clock, and be like, no, we'll hit the two-minute warning. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a very weird... But I also don't know how Dak didn't know that either. Yeah. What about everybody else? It is. Oh, it is I, it's ultimately. I agree. The, it's ultimately the head coach slash offensive coordinator's fault because he has both of those responsibilities. Nobody yell. Hey, but that's not right. I feel like at like uh, two sixteen left on the clock and fourteen seconds left on the play clock. At that point, Deck might have been like, "We're screwed. We have fifteen seconds to snap." Well, I guess fourteen seconds to snap the ball. I have two things that I dislike about this team. Which one do you want to hear first? I don't know. The do you like Do you like when Mozzie trips Micah Parsons because no. he can't get to it and then make sure that Micah can't get to the ball either when they run outside? I dislike that I think that this team is finesse over physical. 100%. And that's yep. on both sides of the ball. And they're in. Now, granted, finesse is has been showy. It's been awesome offensively. It's in. It, finesse turns into pick sixes. But physical takes the air out of the opponent. It takes all it takes it makes them want to quit. And the Cowboys have to become that starting now. Because if Jerry's right, if Jerry is and I feel like that's a Mike McCarthy thing too, most coaches, look, man, the season is a marathon. The whole thing's a marathon. Right now we're in uh the back part of it and we gotta we gotta add these elements. You gotta be better now than you were earlier on in this thing. Okay, now now's time. The regular season, you did the show. You had the really cool stuff. That was awesome. Now it's time to take the air out of the opponents. Now it's time to be the more physical team, to be the big brother, to be the bully on the on the block. Now now you can do that. Go do it. And so that's the thing that I dislike is I think that this team lacks that because they are so skilled and they are very good at their skilled part of it. 
The other thing I dislike. But there's only one team. Can I go to a like off of your dislike? Because yeah. I agree 100% one. with you. Only San Francisco in the NFC can turn the game into a game that the Cowboys hate to play. I feel like the Browns. Oh, no, you in want the in the NFC. Yeah, the you're NFC. right. You got a really good I'm point I'm with there. you in the AFC. Yeah, there's, I think, there's three teams in the AFC that can turn the game into a horrible game for the Cowboys. Now, I feel like the Rams will try to do it with their run game against the Cowboys. And McVay's proven it before in a playoff yeah. game. I feel like the I feel like the I feel like the Packers if they're smart should do it. Like they should say we're just going to run the ball against this defense. But there's a lot of other things that go into it too. But I I see where you're saying there Mike, that one team. That's that's the difference. They need to get in that mindset of we will bully that team this year. They won't do it back to us. The other thing I don't like is that our kicker can't make kicks. And okay. We really should be concerned. Nah, we're good there. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry about the kicker. I guarantee he'll make all his kicks through the playoffs. I think that we lined up with a lot of the same stuff as I am definitely with you about physicality. But I understand your counterpoint about, well, it's only San Francisco who might really put it to you and make you pay is the run defense comes up. But at least in the first round, when you look at Sunday's game, Green Bay does not have a good run defense either. So at least you're going weakness for weakness, I guess, in that match. Yeah, that sounds good. Did and I'm sorry if I for how much of a positive did you talk about how great Dak Prescott has played this year? Yeah, I, I think not, it was the combination with I lumped CD. it all in with yeah. the CD Lamb Dak Prescott. But his stuff with Ferguson has been great, and his growth with Brandon Cooks throughout this season is something that, again, I go back to this because when we were at training camp, Mike, and I know you were there every practice watching with a hawk's eye, um, that. Brandon Cooks, and, Brandon Cooks and Dak seemed to have had a really good connection early. And then it wasn't there in the season. And it was like, when is McCarthy going to open this stuff up? When he's when is he going to say, we can do this? And it, I guess it took Brandon Cooks going to call his own plays in the huddle, uh, as Bobby said, uh, for, for that to happen. And, and I'll be honest here with <laughs> is Dak's regular season now doesn't matter at all. His Agreed. his definition of his career is going to be defined by not just the next three to five weeks, but this is all that matters. The rest of his career is same with Lamar Jackson. And he has I two actually MVPs. think Lamar Jackson is number one on that list. But, but I look at Dak Prescott and I will be very critical of him if he doesn't have a good game Sunday because of this. I've seen this sometimes from, I guess, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, according to some Tony Romo is I've seen (laughs) Tony Romo have outstanding regular seasons. Yes, he has more turnover issues than Dak did because he was more of a risk taker. But when it came playoff time, he always underperformed his regular season. And look, I am going to be my opinion, but I also think it's factually backed up. Troy Aikman against the best teams always played better in the playoffs. He he would elevate his regular yeah. season numbers to more passing yards, more efficient, more touchdowns, more points scored. And then Tony Romo would do the opposite. Yeah. And Dak Prescott has been inconsistent. I'll be like nice and say he's been inconsistent so far in his playoff games and being a better quarterback than the regular season. But ultimately, if this is going to be the magical run that the Rangers just had and the Cowboys go on this run, it will be a run because Dak Prescott turns into a Dolis Garcia or Joe Flacco. Like he has to. I mean, that one year, that sure. one year, he has to be better than he's ever been. If they're actually going to win four playoff games and be the Super Bowl champs, 
Dak Prescott has to turn into 2011 Dirk Nowitzki. He and has to turn into something we haven't seen yet. That That's an interesting parallel because then you could never hate. Well, I mean, you could hate on him, but it didn't really hold as much legitimacy. And Dak can do the same thing. If he leads them to the Super Bowl, then it's like, oh, he's not that great. Okay, cool. Here's my Super Bowl trophy. So, yeah, yeah I think you're right say about what that. what you want. Or yeah. belt. Or belt. Ooh, yes, correct. Belts are really cool. Belts okay. hold up pants it's called a championship all right now it's time for mike likes it strap all right so i'm going to transition into something that we didn't talk about yesterday and we haven't talked about yet today and i know that they're on the back burner and rightfully so because of the cowboys in the playoffs but the mavericks had a great game the other day against the minnesota Minnesota, timberwolves and i want to bring this up because I have fallen for Kyrie Irving. About six weeks ago, we had a discussion about Kyrie Irving, and I don't want to fall for him because I know how much he breaks hearts. And he's broken the hearts of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets, and now he's with the Dallas Mavericks, his fourth team in his career. But in the end, he always wants out. And it hurts because you know how great he is when he's on your team. I honestly did not know how great Kyrie Irving was on other teams. I'd seen him in the playoffs, and I know how good he is, but I had over my brain how bad of a teammate he's been. Yes. And whether some of that is true and some of that is false, it doesn't matter because when you look at it, he did destroy those franchises. He destroyed Cleveland. He's the reason Cleveland went back to being Cleveland. He's the reason Boston had to redo a lot of things is because he said, screw you guys. And now Brooklyn is in a rebuilding stage because they bought all in on Kyrie and Kevin Durant doing their thing. It didn't work out. It's not all his fault, but he does have some blame in all of those situations. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to break my, if he does, he's going to break my heart because I am in on Kyrie and I want to give you his four games back from missing 12 games. This is amazing. Yeah, he played his first game this year the other day. He did, and they lost 127-90 to to Utah. Mm. But he's played three games since, and they've won all three games, two against the minor league Portland Trailblazers and one against a great Minnesota Timberwolves team this year. In his four games back, I don't know if he can keep this up. 25.5 points, 8.8 rebounds a game. That's interesting. He has nine, 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 and eight in those four games. Like he's consistent. There wasn't just one game where he had fifteen and no, he's averaging, you know, three or four rebounds. That sounds he's, like he's doing that work because he understands. He understands how bad of a rebound. Yeah. He's so smart and so gifted. I'm not saying I don't know if he can average nine rebounds a game at six yeah. foot three. But he knows how bad of a rebounding team this team is, and he is giving everything he has, not only to be efficient offensively, but to give him as much as he possibly can defensively and rebounding. And it's amazing that he's really a guy who averages four to five rebounds a game for his career, that in these four games, knowing how bad of a team they are, especially without lively rebounding, that he is giving everything he has to being a good rebounding player. He's averaging 4.8 assists. Now, here's where it also gets amazing if you look at what he's averaging. He's 51.3% from the field in these four games. He's averaging 57.7% from the three-point line. 
and he's averaging 77.8, which is below his – he's usually close to a 90% yep. free throw shooter. So that's the one thing if you look at, and it's just because of lack of attempts. He is 0 of 1, 5 of 6, 1 of 1, and 1 of 1 for his 77.8% uh, free throw uh, percentage. So he's he's missed two, but he just hasn't shot a lot uh, so far. So just looking at those numbers – He's freaking unbelievable. And when you watch him, some of the passes that he makes that don't get an assist on his board are just phenomenal. The way he sees the court, the the energy he's playing at, the defensive effort he's playing at, his his I'm going to get this rebound. I know I'm the smallest guy competing for this board. I'm going to get it. Kyrie Irving, I want to praise him as much as I can right now, because in this month of January, it has been tremendous to watch him play basketball. Absolutely. Thoughts on Kyrie and are you guys, are you guys bought in that he, I understand, I understand the complete and total risk that Nico took and that other teams take with Kyrie, because when you do watch him play Mm -hmm. every night, you realize how much better he, like, there was a question last year. I'll throw this out. There's a question last year on who would you rather have after the Mavericks made this trade? Who would you rather have, Jalen Brunson or Kyrie Irving? I know how good Jalen Brunson is playing in New York. They're not close talent-wise. Sure. It's not even close. Kyrie is so much more talented than Jalen. And Jalen is a top 30 player in the NBA, if not possibly top 20. But it's it's really not close talent-wise how much more talented Kyrie is than Jalen. So does that change... I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase that. Does that change the fact that for the longest time you thought it was inevitable how it would end here? Are you like, maybe so, but I'm still going to enjoy the ride? That's how. That's where I'm at now. Okay. Now I'm like, may, maybe he does destroy us like he has three other organizations. But if he, if he really sticks with the Mavericks, you got arguably a top 10 player. And without a doubt... One of the five most talented guards in the NBA. I would put him right there with, in a different way, but I would put him there with Curry. And I'm not trying to put him in order. Curry, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, and then I think Kyrie Irving. Uh, We have two of the four most talented kind of guards slash point guards in the NBA on this team. And you can put them in whatever order you want to put them in. And... And probably Tyrese Halliburton might now, be five. Un- yeah, unfortunately, way, it might be a problem still in that they still need one more piece. And maybe Lively is going to grow into it at some point. But for this year, one more piece to okay. be that. But, Mike, I this is I, I, I'm, I compare it to if you ever dated a girl that's just so hot that you're just like, My I'll wife. look past all those things. Oh, not yeah. that. She's <laughs> yeah. awesome. But there's lots of problems. Too. There's lots of chaos, lots of bad things. But you're yeah. like, uh, no, you haven't. I know Mike hasn't. But, Kevin, yeah. I'm going to pose this question to you. Hottest girl you ever dated, So Kevin. hot, he but you're just like. He wants to know the name. No, but you're He's like. Kidding. Don't don't answer I'm going to look past all yes, those things for now. And for whatever time that period that we are together, yeah. I'm just going to enjoy the heck out of it. And then whenever she moves on, because she's in. She's definitely going to move on at some All right, point. So here's my question I just for you. Deal with it. In that analogy, is Luca still at the age where he can afford to go on that ride, or is he ready <laughs> to settle down, get a ring? Yeah. Because no. if so, I don't know if this is the pairing. Like I hear what you're saying, Mike, and that's the tough t- part I have as well. If you watch, just watch a game or watch a string of games, it's easy to see why he's incredible. But you've brought up yourself many times. 
he does miss a lot of time as well. Now, I realize right. this year is because of someone else's fault, and that was <laughs> – I understand all of that. Yeah. But he does miss time yeah. on you, yeah. and I wonder, will that come at an inopportune time? And it will hurt if he misses the playoffs, which – why did Brooklyn not beat Milwaukee and Milwaukee go to the championship? Kyrie was out. Yep. He couldn't play. He was hurt in the playoffs. So that has happened in his career where he is, he cannot make it through obviously close to 82 games. And then he even struggles to stay healthy in the most important games in the playoff games. I hope that that's not the case because if he is healthy and Luca is healthy, they're a dangerous team. Now, they can't rebound. They can't play defense like at a elite level to win a championship right. this year. So I'm agreeing with Corey. One of those I don't hold against Kyrie. Right. And so. I look at it, and Corey brought up the point of they might be one piece away. I want to bring up another rumor, which I don't know how much this helps the Mavs, but it doesn't hurt them. It looked like Toronto and Sacramento were close to a deal for Pascal Siakam going to Sacramento. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did not. The deal is over and done with. He's not going to Sacramento. Why? Because in the deal, it was going to be Harrison Barnes and draft picks going to Toronto. And maybe another player, too. Yeah. But it was really based around Harrison Barnes and multiple picks going to the Toronto Raptors. And then the Sacramento Kings said, hey, Pascal, you're a free agent at the end of the year. And he said, damn right I am, and I'm not signing back with you guys. <laughs> and that's why the trade's over. <laughs> that's Sacramento's like, well, wait a second. So you want us to trade yeah. multiple first-round picks. And he ain't going to stay. Harrison Barnes, who's a nice role player for us. We're upgrading Harrison Barnes tremendously here. Nothing against Harrison Barnes, but Siakam's a much better player. And you say you don't want to be in Sacramento. He's like, that's right. I will not sign back with you guys if you trade for me. I will play as hard as I can for you this year, but I'm not signing in Sacramento. So Sacramento's like, we're done with the Pascal Siakam yep. situation. Now, the Mavericks have felt like this whole time, if you read rumors in the NBA, they're not even really making a push for Pascal Siakam because they know the competition's way too high and they do not have the assets to compete in the marketplace for Siakam. But if Siakam is going to tell everybody no, the Pacers really want Pascal Siakam. I don't know. He might not. He might be like, I'm not signing with the Indiana Pacers long term. He is in a way from here. He's not from here, but he did go to high school here. He didn't grow up. His whole life was not spent in. I'm sorry, you guys might know. Was it Flower Mound? I can't remember the high school he went to for a couple of years here in Dallas. But if you didn't know that, he did he did yeah, go to high I school. I think here. it was was it God's Academy? I think it, it was been. like one of the private schools okay. in Flower Mound or Louisville. Let me double check. I think you're that. right about that. So yeah, God's Academy. Okay. So thank you. So, anyways, I don't know if we get to the end of this month and Toronto's like, we have to move him. And if he's only gonna if he's gonna manipulate his way to Dallas, I'm just throwing this out as a possibility then maybe you do get 2024 or sorry 2026 first round pick 2027 pick swap uh I'm just throwing out names here uh Tim Hardaway Jr and Josh Green and another player to make the salary work to get Pascal Siakam because it does say the the Mavericks are they do know how weak they are at power forward and they're trying to trade for one it's just that they don't have the assets to go get one good enough to improve the team yeah look I we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I know it backfired on me because I said the perfect player available. Right. But he's an excellent defender one through four. He can score. I'm not saying he's a rebound machine, yeah. but he's probably better rebounding for his size yeah. than some other options you have. I don't know if he's going to do this, but players do this in the NBA all the time. He might, I'm just throwing this out, he might manipulate his way to Dallas. 
I, look. And maybe with the new ownership, this is where it comes in. Because he's going to want 35 to $40 million a year. I don't know if he's really a $40 million player. Sure. But if we have this new ownership that really says they care about basketball, obviously Luka's going to make 50-plus million a year. Kyrie's up at 40-plus million a year. If you get another 40-plus million dollar player, you are paying taxes the rest of the time that Luka, Kyrie, and Pascal are together, which would be probably three to four more years. And you'd have to be okay with paying major penalties. And I would hope that the Mavericks would, because I think with Siakam, I've already said this before, and with Derek Lively, with the two guards, you do have a chance to win it all. Maybe not this year, but I would say in the next two to three years, you'd have a chance to win it all. This is the thing where I wonder if politics comes into play because you kind of need sports gambling to get past here in Texas a little sooner. Okay. So they're like, Hey, that's a lot of money, but we're about yeah. to back up the money truck. And I did have other NBA nuggets, but we mentioned it before. John Morant is out for the year. The Mavericks now are Crazy. playing them. Like, they're going to be one of the five worst teams in the NBA. They got on a run when Jaw came back. Yeah. Jaw looked phenomenal yes. coming back. Uh, but now they're going to have to deal without him for the rest of the year. And I just wonder how much Memphis says it's just best to lose and try to get a premium asset than to fight for – the 10th spot, which they weren't really fighting for anyways. With the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, how their lives intertwine. Oh, no. Or look like. Next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.